0: well good morning and welcome again and man that song makes a great prayer lord come and do whatever you want to in my life and and i was just challenged as we were worshiping with that that song uh, the last couple of moments to 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 make that my prayer this week and beyond god whatever it is you want to do in me come and do is isn't, isn't that the right way to pray isn't that, you know, what, what Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will but yours be done. Lord, do whatever it is in me and through me that you want to do. Well, welcome again to Connections Church. We are so thankful to have every single one of you here in the room. And those of you that are watching us right now and, and whatever place you're at, we, we love you and are thankful for you being a part of, of what God is doing here at Connections Church. So, so we're in week two of this, this series called Fight that is actually the theme of our new year 2022. And, and one thing I've discovered in my life is this, that everybody loves to win, right? Whether it's board games with your family in the, in the, in the living room there at your house, and everybody's having a good time and stuff, until you don't win— <laughs> And then it kind of gets a little crazy, right? Because you start showing yourself and you start getting a little puffed up and mad. And next thing you know, you're arguing and, and you're really turning into a bad sport. But, but I, I've, I've come to realize that everybody loves to win. Even those non-competitive type people, they love to win as well. I mean, if they win something and you put a, a, a ribbon around their neck or hand them a trophy or, or whatever it may be, you can see the, the smile and the, the excitement and, and the, the happiness in, in their eyes. And on their face but but here's something else I've come to discover is that everybody loves to win but not many people love to train amen I mean that's a, that's a whole different ball game I mean it's it's a different world when you when you say the word train as a matter of fact as you're taking notes this morning just write that word down on the top of your page train because the the title of, of the message today is training. To triumph. Now, you've heard me say a lot of times, I love the Rocky movies, right? Right? You, most of you that's been with us any length any of time, you know that. And if you've paid attention to them, you will learn some valuable lessons through the movies that were made there by Rocky Balboa himself. And, and I just want to run through a, a, a few quick training truths as we we get started with this teaching this morning. And and you can just jot these down uh, uh, very quickly and go back and listen later and and get a little more depth to them. But the first thing that I I notice is this, and and this is a powerful thing that, that many people have yet to get a hold of, and it's simply this, trying is not training, right? Trying is not training, I have been in church ministry long enough to know that that whenever somebody says, I'm going to try, and you're, we're going to be throwing up some video montages of the Karate Kid and, and Rocky Balboa all throughout the message. Some of you are like, where's the popcorn? Let's turn the volume up, and, and you can just sit down. No, we're not going to do that, but but I just want you to be visually reminded of what training is all about. But, but something I've discovered about, about trying is this. When somebody tells me, Pastor... Uh, you know, you, you go to them and say, hey, man, we got men's men's Bible study, men's men's service Saturday coming up. We're going to go out and serve the community and stuff. And, and you ask certain people, hey, are you going to come and join us? Are you going to come and be a part of growing deeper with a group of men in our church? Here's an answer we have gotten throughout the years at whatever church I've served at and heard so many times till I'm just kind of sick of hearing it is, well, I'll try. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try, Pastor. I'll try to work it out in my schedule. I'll try to be there. Hey, man, great to see you this week. Are you coming to church this Sunday? Well, you know, I'm going to try. I'll try to be there. What I've come to realize in in the the amount of percentages, when somebody says that they are going to try to do something, especially when it comes to growing spiritually in your faith in God, is that about 95% of those that tell you, I'll try, are not going to do it. God may finally get a hold of them and convict them enough that 5% to where they say, okay, I'm going to actually go through with it. When someone says they're going to try, they're giving themselves an out. They are not set and determined. The Bible says that Jesus set his face like what? Like a flint, which is a stone, a rock. He would not be moved to go to the cross. And that was written hundreds of years before it actually happened by the prophet Isaiah through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that he was determined, that he wasn't going to say, well, God, Jesus, are you going to go to the cross and die for our sins? Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a good shot. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. You know, I'm going to see what I can work out, if my schedule allows, if I'm filling up to it. No. The Bible says he literally set his face like a flint to go and save our lives. Second thing I've learned over the years about training is that a warrior trains a lot more than they actually fight. Have you ever come to that realization in your own life? And, and fighters, how many of you grow up in any kind of boxing background? None of us in this room, right? I don't see a single hand. How many of you parents felt like boxing your kids a few times? Okay, that's a whole different story, okay? <laughs> I'm right there with you. But if you watch the Rocky movies, man, predominantly most of the movie is about him training. Prepping for the fight, getting ready, getting his body in shape, working towards the fight. And the fight itself doesn't last that long. If you ask a boxer, how long do you train? They will tell you typically for each fight they have coming up, which is going to last maybe for 45 minutes to an hour at the most, that they will train for at least maybe five months for said fight, that they'll get themselves ready, both with nourishment, eating the right things, working on their bodies, exercising, doing the disciplines that it takes to be prepared for the fight that's coming up. Warriors train a lot more than they actually fight. What about us? Because you see, training prepares us for the battle prepares us for the fight. Spiritual warfare, a lot of it is won on our knees in our prayer closets. A lot of it's won when we get into our word and all this things we're going to look at in just a few moments, but we've got to train to be prepared for the fights that come our way. Another thing is this, how well you train dictates how well you fight. When I was growing up, Most of you know this as well. I love sports. I grew up, have played ball, football, baseball, basketball, anything that I could, golf, anything. I just love it. And my earliest coach that I ever remember was at the Salvation Army's Boys Club in Gastonia on Marietta Street over there. And man, I, I loved Little League Baseball, got started early on. And our coach, Mr. Tate, Coach Tate, I was on his team We were Earl Tyndall Ford's team. They sponsored our little team, man. We had red and white uniforms. I loved it. And I never will forget Coach Tate. At the very first practice that we had with him as our coach and us as a team, he gathered us together and he said right off the bat, I am Coach Tate and I'm going to tell you this, you will play like you practice. So we will practice hard. We will give it all we have. We're not going to get out here and count the four leaf clovers that we find on the field. We're not going to roll on the grass. We're not going to goof off and pick at each other and stuff. That's time for other times to do that. There's going to be plenty of times. But right now, we are practicing baseball. We're going to learn the fundamentals. We're going to grow together. We're going to get better. We're going to improve. We're going to work on our skills. And we are going to practice hard. So that we will be able to play hard and play the right way. And I'm going to tell you something that's been probably 47 years ago or so, and I still remember those words echoing in my head and my heart with everything I do. That preparation and training are vitally important to every aspect of life, especially in our spiritual lives with Jesus Christ. We will fight how we train. Next, only you can train yourself. Nobody can train you for you. I I put this down, it just, it makes sense. You can't outsource physical or spiritual training. You can't outsource it to anybody else. It's your decision. It's your duty. We have this little thing every once in a while, me and the wife would be watching a movie and not very often, but we'll, we'll get a movie that, that's nice and clean and we like and we're, we're journeying through that movie and it's so suspenseful, so keep you on the edge of your seat and you don't want to you don't want to even run to the kitchen and get, get something else to drink, another glass of sun or anything, you just just laying there, you're sitting there watching it, you're like, just wrapped up in it. And one of us will have to use the restroom. And the other one will look and say, can you go use the restroom for me? I don't want to miss this. I mean, certain things you can't outsource to somebody else though, Right? That's just the reality of life. And training spiritually in Jesus Christ is one of those areas that we can't have somebody else do it for us. Now, we can hire somebody to clean our house, right? Huh? Come on. We can hire somebody to cut our grass. We can hire people to, to work on our cars or our houses or whatever else. But when it comes down to hitting our knees and getting serious about training spiritually in Christ Jesus, we have to take it upon ourselves. We have to pay the price. We have to get up early. We have to stay in our word. We have to be disciplined. We have to be hungry. We have to want it. Nobody else can do it for us. I don't care how close to God your grandma was or your, or your grandpa or your mom or your dad. You and I have to cultivate that hunger and thirst to be close to him, to rise up and be a warrior in God's army and do the things necessary to make us strong and powerful in Jesus Christ. Can't outsource it. Another training truth is this. We must train specific. Have a plan and work that plan. How many of you have ever had a gym membership? I hear the last number of years, it's Planet Fitness has kind of taken over the world. And, and a great concept, like $10 a month, because you know after the first, second month, you're not going to be there. And you don't have to join long term, I don't believe. And they, they have a pretty good structure there, because they, they're, they're, they're springing up everywhere, so they're making money. And they're helping people, some people get fit. But, but how many of you have had, I've had gym memberships, and, and I, you know, I've enjoyed going. I typically just do cardio, I, as you can tell. I don't lift weights, except a fork. But here's the thing, when people who are training go to the gym, before they ever leave their house, get in their car, and head to Planet Fitness or Gold's Gym or wherever else they, they belong to, they have a plan in place. Now, when I get there, I'm gonna work on the pecs and I'm gonna lift some weights and then I'm gonna jump on the, the, the stair climber and I'm gonna do some cardio there and then I'm gonna ease off that and I'm gonna go back and, and, and work on my core and, and, and do that. They have a plan in place. It's always easy to spot the people who are just there to flirt with people and pick up a date because they have no plan. They're just wandering around in their, their cool exercise clothes that they, they bought online or, or had Amazon shipped to them. And, and they've got a, a water bottle that looks like that. that they, you know, they've got the headband on. And maybe they sprinkle a little water and walk around and say, hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> Looking good over there. Hey, my name's, my name's Rob. Wait, what's your name? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew a girl named it. She, she like that, you know. You never see them do anything except wander around and hit on somebody. And the reality is they never develop any muscle. They never grow. Why? Because they're not really training. They, the only plan they have is to pick up somebody there as a date at the gym. So it's not mission accomplished with them. Listen to me, guys. We need to be specific. We need to have a plan, and we need to work that plan relentlessly. We need to know that we know that we know that in order to get here, I've got to do these things, and I am going to be married to these things. They're not just going to be occasional or when I'm in the mood, or or you get up and it's a little cold outside. How many of you have enjoyed the weather the last couple of days, not me. I had on four layers yesterday morning and this morning to venture out of the house. I don't like that. I like going out in a t shirt and some jeans. Not having to grab three coats and have three shirts. I mean it's just no fun, but but nothing deters them from the plan that they have to grow. And that's what we need to do. We need to get up early. We need to hit the streets. We need to put the miles in. We need to know that we're going to work on these things. We need to know that if we're struggling with temptation in our lives to to look at something lustfully that, that we aren't supposed to, that we've got a plan, we've got safeguards, and we're working those plans. We're not running from them. We're running to those plans, and we are sticking to them no matter what comes at us because we want to see victory in those battles. It always amazed me that with every movie, Rocky was usually fighting a different opponent. Sometimes he repeated against Apollo and and a couple others, but but most of the time it was somebody different. And so in those different fights, he would train different ways. Mick would have him out chasing chickens to get get faster on his feet and and be able to move better to fight certain opponents. At some some points in time, he would say, you're going to learn to fight left-handed. You're going to be a southpaw. We're going to just tie your right hand up and you're going to learn to use that left. And so specific battles take specific training spiritually as well what you're battling what I'm battling may be different but God has the success formula for every one of those if we'll dive deep into him and say Lord what is it what's the strategy for this fight that I'm in here's the question God how do I need to train to be victorious in this particular fight that I'm facing get that strategy find that wisdom from the Holy Spirit and marry it (laughs) Glue yourself to it. Meld yourself to it. And then lastly, in this little brief opening, brief, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's been been kind of brief for Pastor Robert. Sometimes you're training and you don't even realize it. You see, when adversity comes our way, as American Christians, our first response is, this don't feel good. Somebody take it away. It's icky. No fun. I want fun. I want pleasure. I want enjoyment. You know, I don't want to have to battle. I don't have to go through these these trials and tribulations. Well, listen to me, brother and sister. If you don't want that, you're in the wrong army. Because if you read the word, you'll see all through there. That as God's people, we will face trials. We will face challenges. We are going to be bombarded on every side. The world's going to hate us and they are going to persecute us. So if that's not what you're signing up for, you better go sign up for a different army. And, and whenever those things come at us, a part of the, most of the time we don't even realize what's happening is, is God's growing our faith. That if we stand strong and don't duck and run and get out of the situation, that God will do amazing things in us to train us and grow us and mature us Danielson paint fence now just fess up if it's true how many of you are watching that Cobra Kai thing on you paint fence Danielson you wax car Danielson there's a great lesson there what he thought he was doing was chores for Mr. Miyagi. What Mr. Miyagi was doing was training him and preparing him for the fights that he would have ahead. And I see that picture when we're, we're talking spiritual training, we're talking growing in God, that, that whenever adversity comes our way, whenever we're pressed a little bit and we want to run from it, God's saying, Stay in there, paint the fence. Wax on, wax off. Get yourself ready to win and be victorious in all the battles that are going to come your way. Now, as we make a turn towards the finish today, I say, welcome to Paul's training regiment. Because just as every athlete must train to win, every Christian must make our faith strong through spiritual disciplines. Write that word down, disciplines, because you don't like it. Most people don't like it, but it is a necessity to see victory come in and through our lives. Nobody can sit on the couch eating Doritos for months and months and hope to compete effectively, right? Just doesn't work that way. The best athletes are intensely disciplined in their lives. Those serious about winning, they follow a strict diet and exercise regimens to work their bodies into peak physical condition. So when the game is on the line, they are ready to finish as champions. Now, we know this is true for our physical condition, but there's a disconnect with how we tend to think about our spiritual condition. Because here's, here's, a, here's a, a sad but true reality is that many Christians are unfit because they are undisciplined. Let me, let me repeat that. Many Christ followers are unfit because they are undisciplined. When it comes to sin, we think God's just going to wink and nod and let us get by with it. It's okay if I do this. I'll straighten it out later. We'll work it out down the road. But right now, I think God's okay if I live my life like this. No, he's not. That's a part of being undisciplined. Nobody drifts into disciplined church. Just as the undisciplined body becomes sluggish and flabby, flabby the, the, the undisciplined spirit becomes weak and emaciated. This is why Paul coaches Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Listen to these words. Let them burn into your spirit. Paul says to this young minister of the gospel, train yourself for godliness. Write that down. Train yourself for godliness. How powerful that is. For while bodily training is of some value, now I won't go down this road, but a lot of Christians through the years have said it's not necessary to train, train the body. But I don't agree with that because this body is the temple of what? of God, of the Holy Spirit. And so, should we not want to be disciplined in all areas of our body and take care of ourselves physically, spiritually, mentally, in every aspect? So, so it is of some value. However, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also what? For the life to come. Train yourself for godliness. Man, that is a powerful directive from the old apostle Paul here. This verse is the cornerstone of spiritual disciplines because it spells out what their purposes are to train for God, which literally means to be like God, that, that all of us, we become like him in our ways, in our thinking, in our living, that we take on the nature and the characteristics and the virtue of our great God and creator, right? That's what godliness is, Is that your desire this morning? Is that your hunger? I mean, just because all this stuff that I've shared with you so far, and what I'm going to finish with here over the next few moments, none of it matters if that's not your goal. Here at the start of a new year, we always like to set some goals, typically. Most people have gotten gotten to the point they're discontent. Well, some people, not most, have gotten discontented with with never attaining and, and reaching those goals. And so they've kind of given up, but don't give up. Always press into the Lord and say, God, what is it you would have for me in in areas of growth this year, this new season of life? And so in those things, we've got to put down a desire to grow in God, in our knowledge of him, our relationship with him, in our strength in him, in all those aspects. Is that your goal? Because none of this is going to help you if this isn't what you really want. So you can just go ahead and make your grocery list out or whatever else if this is not what you want if this is not what you're hungry for, if this is not what you're willing to to sacrifice for and to work for and to to land on the line for and do everything you can to make yourself as a godly person as possible here on this side of heaven, that you're gonna be relentless in it because if not, then just just tune it out right now. Just go into Walmart and get your shopping done and get ready for lunch right now because these things are gonna be of no value to you. And and, and at the same time, if that's your choice, then you're never gonna see A growth and maturity, a strength and a health, a stability, and a power in Christ in your own life to weather everything that comes your way, to lead the charge, to take back what the enemy has tried to steal. So what are you wanting today? If so, then stay with me. So that I can remind you of what it's going to take to build that spiritual muscle. And to grow into the man and woman of God that God has created you to be. So what are the disciplines? Now I'm going to tell you up front. There's no consensus list of spiritual disciplines in the Word of God that's contained in one place. The Bible doesn't include a set list, so to speak. So different authors list different disciplines, some more biblical than others. And I believe a number of primary spiritual disciplines were practiced by Jesus himself and prescribed for all believers in the Word of God. And I want to share those with you right now, beginning with number one, study God's Word and activate the Word of God in your life. Amen? Makes sense, right? We preach that all the time, we teach that all the time. 2 Timothy 3:16, Paul tells us all scripture, how many? All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and yet this for training in righteousness. Righteousness is right living in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. So all scripture, all of God's word is profitable for training, teaching, correcting, rebuking, all those things, growing in God. So why do we neglect God's word all too often as God's people? Of all the disciplines, none may be more important than the studying and learning and growing in God's word. Only through the instruction of the Bible can we understand the ways and the will of God. Only through his pages of of word that he gave to us and, and lovingly delivered into our hands can we get to know him personally in a real way. Read the word. Be the word. Jesus knew scripture better than anyone. The Bible tells us as a boy he amazed the teachers in Jerusalem's temple with his understanding In Luke chapter 2, he quoted scripture from memory when tempted in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. And he regularly quoted it in his teachings. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all of those. He even began his ministry with a public reading from the book of Isaiah found in Luke chapter 4. Jesus embodies the word of God. John 1.14 tells us we must know it and we must live it like Jesus himself. Spiritual discipline number two is prayer. The Bible tells us. We have this great invitation. Turn and tell somebody, we got a great invitation. Go ahead. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I broke it down many, many years ago like this. And this is the way I like to look at prayer is simply this. That prayer is how we talk to God. That we conversate with him. Because if you'll go all the way back to the garden. How many of you were there in the garden when Adam and Eve, I'm just kidding. But go back to the garden. That was the purpose of it. That God put them there, created them, put them in the garden. And every day in the cool of day, the Bible says he would come down and do what? Walk with them and talk with them. Build relationship with them. Now we have him through his word and through prayer. Access to go to him and, and talk with him at any point in time. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to come down to an altar per se. You can be driving down the road and all of a sudden something just hits your heart. and You say, God, thank you, man. I just love you so much. You're just amazing. How many of you talk to God like that? Come on. How many of you just interact with him throughout your day while you're or you're working on your job and and, and the goodness of God just hits you or, or a burden for for somebody just hits you or you get a prayer request from the prayer team. And it says, pray for such and such family. And while you're working, you're saying, God, you know, little Johnny, you know what he's going through right now, Lord. I don't know this guy personally, Lord, but but they brought this to our attention. So I want to go before you and, and bring him to your throne. And I want to just pray that you would touch this little guy right now. God, bring healing, bring help right now, rescue this boy. That's what the Bible says. We have access. The throne room is open. All that was taken care of when Jesus died and rose again. That The, the veil of the temple was torn and, and opened up access for all of us. We didn't have to go through some representative, some high priest or anybody else. We could go in and just talk to God ourselves. Sure, there are consecrated times when we call prayer meetings as a church body, and we come, and for an hour or whatever time limit or no time limit, we just seek God and pray out corporately as a body of believers. We pray together and hear. But here's the real deal, folks. Soldiers are going to talk to their commander-in-chief. They're going to hear from him as well. Not just do all the talks. It's going like to be one-sided. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Lord, speak to my heart. Let me know your thoughts and your plans Give me your peace. Give me your wisdom. I pray that we pray as never before as God's people here at Connections Church. Spiritual discipline number three. Just reach down and grab the side of your chair real quick with both hands. Maybe lock your feet around the the post there in front, the, the legs. While you're doing that, turn and tell your neighbor, just, just hold on and get ready. It's this thing called fasting. Don't throw anything. Don't throw anything. Huh? Paul wrote of the people of, of this world in Philippians 3.19, their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. Church, you may have heard about fasting. You may not have. I hope most of us have or all of us have. But fasting is abstaining from eating food for spiritual reasons. Not because you feel like you want to lose five pounds or, or get in better shape or anything like that physically. No, fasting is a spiritual thing. Now, you may be having surgery and the, and the doctor and the nurses all tell you to prep for it. You've got to fast for 24 hours ahead of time so you can't eat anything. You might be at that stage of life where uh, some of us find ourselves and you got to get a colonoscopy and they say, okay, you can't have anything to eat. you got to drink this stuff. What? Who said praise the Lord? <laughs> you must be feeling my pain, huh? <laughs> my doctor, when I went in the other, other month, he said, how old are you now? I said, 54. Mm, have you had a Colossae? Well, Doc, see, Doc, how's the family doing? You know, trying to change that subject. And no, no, you you can't put it off. You need to have one. And I said, Doc, I, I will. I, I promise I will. Go ahead and have them reach out to me or, you know, whoever you want to have me go to. And then I'll, I'll set that up because he's been a good friend, a good doctor for a long time. And, you know, I want to I follow instruction and help. They have called me 12 times in the last <laughs> four weeks. I'm like... But, but the first time they called me, I said, it'll only take about 15 minutes over to phone. I'm like, oh, man, I'm in the middle of something. Try me back next week or try me back in two days or whatever. They keep trying me, man. They're relentless. I, I appreciate that. I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> man, fasting. Fasting. Another unpleasant and unpopular subject. But, but what we're doing is this. We're saying, God, I'm not going to eat a meal or I'm not going to eat anything for a day or two days. And every time a hunger pain rolls through my stomach, and every time those little lions start making noise, that like, air feed me. I'm gonna be reminded I am doing this to draw nearer to you, to focus myself on you, Lord, to 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 dive deeper, to go, go stronger, God, to, to get closer. I'm I'm doing this, God, as a sacrifice. Jesus fasted for how long? 40 days. Most of us have trouble going 40 minutes. Travis is feeling me back there. He's raised a hand. Matter of fact, he's looking right now. He's about to go hit the kitchen, I'm thinking. 40 days. And he encouraged us to do so as well in Matthew 6. He was asked on one occasion why his disciples were not fasting. And Jesus said that they would not fast as long as he was there with them physically. But the day is going to come when the bridegroom is going to be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. Can I just let you know a little secret? We are in those days. He is at home right now preparing a place for us. And one day very soon, I believe in my heart that he's going to split the eastern sky and call us to come home to be with him as scripture tells us. But until then, we fast, we pray, we seek him, we dive into his word, we train so that we would be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not ours. And fasting is one of those disciplines that can get us there. So I encourage us all, pray about that. And I also encourage you this way, don't start with a 40-day fast right off the bat. Ease into that, right? But set aside a meal to start with maybe. Say, Lord, I'm going to take lunch tomorrow, not eat dinner on Thursday, not eat whatever it is that that God puts on your heart. Prayerfully craft a fast that you, you can do and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in that. Spiritual discipline number four is confession. Proverbs 28, 13 tells us that whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Confession is an admission of sin followed by repentance before God. It can be either private between you and God, personal between you and a a trusted friend and believer, or public between you and everyone else in your church family. But while we are more open to private confession, many are terrified at the thought of personal and public confession, right? Right? I mean, as you notice, we don't have people getting up uh, uh, most Sundays saying, hey, I'm John, and and I, you know, I I did some bad things this week, and here they are, you know, because we were just, it's just not comfortable, but at the same time, it's powerful, it's biblical, and, and the Bible says for us to confess our sins. In, in multiple different places all the spirit, of all the spiritual disciplines, confession is the only one that Jesus himself did not practice because he had no, no need to. He was perfect and sinless in his life, Hebrews 4.15 tells us. However, Jesus is a criti- critical part of confession because without his atoning death and resurrection there, we would not be able to receive God's grace and forgiveness. Because of Jesus, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and what? Just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe your first step needs to be with a trusted friend. Maybe it needs to be between you and God. Maybe you haven't confessed a sin between you and him yet and say, God, here, you need to cleanse me. Lord, I, I am sinning. I am failing at this. I, I need your help. Or maybe you need to take it to that friend. Or maybe you need to take it to your, your connect group, study group and stuff and say, hey, help me. Because here's what that does. When you share that with trusted other believers, and make sure of that it's not going to be somebody that's going to jump out there on social media and say, "Hey, guess what? John's doing, huh? Let me just tell you, here's all the sins in it. You know. But when you share with somebody, you trust. Accountability. Begins to take place there because you are giving them permission to ask you the hard questions. You are saying, "Help me with this. Do 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 battle with me on this. Just just keep me accountable and and help me walk in purity and, and 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 in holiness and righteousness as God would desire." And and I'm confessing that and asking the Lord to cleanse me and for you to help me. The next one is worship, spiritual discipline number five. First Chronicles 16, 29 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory, do his name. I love that, that referencing there. Do his name. He is worthy. He is due of all of our worship. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in, in the splendor of holiness. In many churches, we have made the word worship synonymous with singing, but it is so much more, right? It's not just the the, the music and the song part of our, our service. Worship is every act of our lives unto the Lord as believers in Christ Jesus. It is ascribing worth. And when we say, God, we worship you, then we ascribe worth and value to him that he is valuable. Listen to me, church, above all else. So, so it always comes down to this question for me how dare we not worship him? How can we hold back? And I'm just talking to in song and, and music and, and lifting our hands and all the things that are biblical. Listen, when in this church, we'll never ask you to do something that is not found in scripture. If we say, dance before the Lord, guess what? It's in the word. David danced before the Lord himself with all of his might and he stripped down to just his, his his linen cloth and he he came down the city streets dancing before the Ark of the Covenant as they brought it into Jerusalem. Why? Because he erupted with praise because God himself is worthy of all of our praise. And it doesn't have to be just music. It can be during the day when we think of God again and not just prayer but praise God. You are amazing in all your ways and I worship you Lord. I declare your worth right here, right now in this video as I'm driving down the road God and you watch the Holy Spirit just come and blow up in that presence uh, where you're at in that moment worship God become a worshiper don't just be a person who worships occasionally worship is a focused response to God's infinite worth and how dare we hold back from him what he deserves Spiritual discipline number six is fellowship. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And some of you are saying, well, you got locked up early on when Pastor Scott was up here making announcements. Or you saw that sign on a coffee bar. Why is the coffee bar closing five till service starts? I like my coffee at 10 after service starts so I can be out there. Drinking my coffee. Listen, we've we've come to a realization that we have a limited amount of time with you in this room in this holy moment that we call our weekend worship opportunities. And to regularly roll in at ten after, fifteen after, twenty after, you're missing a lot. You are missing so much. So collectively, as a leadership body, the Lord has convicted us to try to help you not miss. Now listen, if you come in late sometimes, you know, the, the, the tire blew out on the way, the, the cat run out and you had to chase it down and you got it wrangled and finally back in the house and he put you behind If few. Listen, we're not talking legalistic that you, you know, but, but on a regular basis, if you're late coming in to the, to the service, something's not Right? I'm going to tell you, you you want to develop that hunger, that craving to be in the house of God with brothers and sisters, to worship together, to to, to learn together, to grow together, to fellowship together. And what I'm reminded of in this, this passage also, not just about the fellowship part, but they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to praying together. That word devoted is linked to discipline, is linked to training. is all that in the same arena that we've got to come to a mindset and a determination in all of our hearts that, God, I am going to get serious about you leading my life, about me growing in you and becoming strong in you, Lord. Becoming a warrior in you, Jesus. And I'm going to do the things necessary, the disciplines to make it happen. Now, when we hear this word fellowship, we tend to think of... Covered dish dinner, y'all. Bring some corn, some fried chicken, some meatloaf, green beans. Don't bring those green peas. No, 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 no. Make sure you got some mashed potatoes and gravy, amen? Cornbread. That's what we think of. We think of fellowship, but no, it's deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. But we're not going to stop those things. I mean, those are good too, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's much more than a covered dish dinner. It's coming together and walking together and laughing together and crying together and praying together and growing together in fellowship and connection and relationship. So we must give ourselves to that on a regular basis. And the next one is, is, this will be be the one you're like, why did it take you so long to get here, Pastor? Come on. It's a discipline of rest. Some of you nudging your, your spouse saying, see, I told you 15 naps a week is good. See, it's, it's, it's biblical. Pastor right here is going to tell us about it. The Bible says that, that, that God created us for a Sabbath. That's a one day a week. Uh, he, he rested. Not that he needed it, but he set the pattern and the model for us to follow suit and say, hey, you know, take the time and get some rest. We need sleep. How many of you realize that now as, as adults, man? As kids, it seemed like you just go and go and go like the Energizer Buzzy but Bunny. But now, whoo, give me some rest. And there's two sides of that coin, man. We need rest. We need to follow God's model, follow His words and His instructions, and take that day of rest and get proper rest at night and and sleep so that we can be fresh and ready and and, and, and own our game every day. But I think many in our country have taken it too far and and, and turned rest into laziness. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. If you're able-bodied, I'm going to tell you something. We are called, we are, we are, Pushed by the Holy Spirit to get out there and be productive people. To use the gifts and the talents that he's given us, but not to overdo it. But, but listen, here's the key word. Have that balance in life. Honor God in all these areas. Spiritual discipline number eight is service. The Bible tells us in Colossians three twenty three and 24, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. The discipline of service is a direct assault on our pride in reality, if you think about it, because service requires humility. We we humble ourselves before God and take on the posture of a servant, putting God and others ahead of ourselves. I love it when I see people in this church building going and grabbing a mop and, and helping clean up a spill, or getting down on their hands and knees with paper towels and wiping up something off the floor, or taking a broom and sweeping up, or in the bathrooms and freshening it up, or at the coffee bar, or back there with their children serving in nursery and rocking those little little babies to sleep and and playing with the toddlers and teaching about the ways of the Lord. I love it when people are serving in here at 6 o'clock on Sunday mornings, getting everything ready for the service so God can minister and touch and change lives. I I love it when people are giving themselves to homeless people out on the streets to help them, to, to serve them, to minister to them. I love it because that is what God has called us to be a big part of in our lives and gifted us To give ourselves away. Jesus set the tone when he said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life away. Folks, we have some needs in this church like every other church. And I'm not browbeating, and this is no guilt trip, because a good number of you are already serving in more than one places, some of you. But here's my encouragement, my push to all of you who are a part of Connections Church. If you're not, come and find us. Come to the Big Blue Wall team. Come to Pastor Scott, Joseph, or myself. Let us know, hey, I want to serve. I want to be on the team, an active part, not just sitting in the stands and, and keeping score and, 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 and marking how well you're doing. I want to be out there in the game. Let us know because we, look at me, we need you all. I don't even think everybody realizes what God's about to do in and through Connections Church. But it's going to be something amazing. Amazing. It's not not to puff us up, but it's to to advance the kingdom of God and grow his great kingdom here in this arena. And we need all hands on deck to serve any way and everywhere you can. Serve. Serve and give your life away. And the last thing I want to share with you as a discipline, and there's, there's more I'm sure, but the last one that we'll offer up to you this morning is the discipline of disciple making. Listen, the Bible gives us clear directive from Jesus himself in his closing words to his original disciples and to us in Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make cookies in all the nations, right? Everybody likes cookies. Is that, is that what it says? W- what, what does that say? Can anybody remind me? What? Disciples, are you serious, Clark? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Listen to me, church. Disciple-making is a spiritual discipline because it does not happen by accident. To make disciples as the Bible commands, we must actively seek out opportunities to share the gospel, baptize new believers, and teach them how to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And grow in Christ it's interesting to me that in the Rocky series and the Karate Kid series over the last 10-15 years in, in both of those genres of of movies and and shows the the main characters Danielson and Rocky himself turned from just fighting to teaching. From just being in the game themselves to discipling others to be in the game. As a matter of fact, that's what the Cobra Kai series is all about. Teaching all those kids karate. (laughs) You like the way I pronounce that, right? I've been working on it. Daniel signed karate, not here, 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 you know. Rocky is teaching young fighters as they come up and training them and we're going. What are they doing? They are making disciples of karate and in the art of boxing. What we have a call and a command to do is way higher than that. And, and sure, we we were all about praying. Yeah, we we know that it's important to read the Bible. Yeah, Pastor, I'm with you on that one. Well, I don't know about the fasting part. I'm still trying to still trying to get, get that one. But but we know these things are important. But when it comes to disciple making, here's been the mentality of the church for far too long. Oh, that's for Pastor Rob, Pastor Scott, Pastor Joseph. They're the ones that are supposed to do that. No. Disciple making is the assignment, the call, the command, the commission to every believer of Jesus Christ. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We are all called to be out in our spheres of arena, leading people to Christ, loving on them, building disciples as we grow through this life. So don't neglect it. Don't outsource it to the the pastoral team or the connect group leaders. Own this church. Own that you're a disciple maker. Own that, that you're calling. Own that Christ, when he talked to those original disciples, was talking to you and me as well to go and make disciples to close the loop on our training to become godly to be the warriors that we are to be as you close your eyes for a moment i had written down at the bottom of this page the words of 1 corinthians chapter 9 again from the apostle paul to the church in corinth And before I read that, I want to say this to you. If we aren't preparing to fight, then we are preparing to lose the spiritual battles we face. So take these words to heart in light of that statement. Do you not know that all in a race run, but only one gets the prize? He charges us to run in such a way to get that prize. That everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that's going to not last But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, he says, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Run, train, discipline. You could literally call it cross training, and I wrote that down as the last lines of this message. And the amazing thing is, one of the the Bible apps that I look at daily and and read Scripture from, today's Scripture reading was out of Luke chapter 9, 23. And it's the last words I had written down in these notes where Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow after me. You talk about training, cross training. Try that on for size. See where that gets you. Picking up that cross represents doing something active, saying, God, I choose to do this one thing that the cross will represent always and that is die to myself and be resurrected in you Jesus you want to train here it is come get it come get it come go for it as Rocky would say make it happen you can't outsource it nobody else can do it for you God is calling you to step up from trying to training as warriors in God's army. And for those of you that have struggled with that, for those of you the Holy Spirit's been been knocking at your door and speaking to your heart loudly over the last few moments, I want to ask you to take a step from where you're at and just meet me at the front of this church no matter how young or how old you are, wherever you're at in life, it's never too late or too early to start training in Christ for righteousness and godliness. Would you come now and stand with me? All across this room, come on. I know God's talking to somebody in this room today and, and not, not just empty, empty response. So, so whoever it is, would you, would you make your way down now? Even if it's just one person, you dedicate yourself to training, you can change the world. Thank you. Is there anybody else that will join this one? Thank you. Thank you. That's fine. It's, it's your moment. Thank you. Come. Come step up closer here. I, I want us to be together, those of you that have come down already. How many others will say, yep, that's me. I need some men to step up this morning. Man, we got women coming, coming up here right now, and that, that's amazing and great. Too often women's been the backbone of the church over the last 70 years or so. How about some men stepping up and saying, you know what, Pastor? The Lord's speaking to my heart. Now's your opportunity. Would you come now before we pray and finish this time together? Anybody else that will join these precious folks up here? Want the prayer team to come to surround these folks, those of you that that feel led to pray with these these precious precious people up here? Would you come now as well? Come on. Come on. We're going to do business with God right now. Would you come? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come and stand with, with this man, these men and these women and... Let's, let's go to battle. Let's go to battle right now on their behalf. Everybody else, stand to your feet. If you feel led, come on up here. Join them for prayer. Uh, join them to pray for them, whichever area that, that God is, is leading you to do. But just come right now and be a part of that in this holy moment as we pray together. Father, thank you for loving us enough to challenge us. God, your great infinite love and wisdom says that there's a right way to grow. There's a right way to be changed. There's a right way to to see discipline instilled. There's a right way to get victory. We don't cheat. We don't take shortcuts. We don't cut corners, God. But Lord, we commit ourselves to the disciplines that will lead to godliness, to train and not try. Trying is a thing of the past, God, I pray and I, I prophesy in this church. That no longer will we answer in the way, oh, I'll try, I'll give it a shot, God. But we will commit ourselves to full training giving ourselves completely to you. God, I pray for an anointing that would break any hindrance and bondage that has been up to now in these folks' lives that have responded this morning, that have come down here and said, yes, today is my day of transformation. I am going to rise up to the challenge that God is calling me to with His help, and I'm going to be everything He wants me to be. I'm going to be putty in His hands. I'm going to be the clay in His hands that He can mold and shape and change. God let me be hungry hungry to be the soldier the warrior that you have called me to be in Jesus name folks let's worship one more time with this last song and celebrate who God is and love on him as we pour ourselves out thank you so much today